0: About the movie, the animated movie Jinro from 1999. Um, this is a uh, film that I wanted to show Matt and Gill. It's uh, an animated movie that uh, anime, Japanese anime movie that I like, and um, I thought it would be a good one to uh, to share just because I think it's uh, very accessible to people, even if they are not anime fans. It's um, pretty down to earth and it's not about giant robots or magic or anything like that.
1: Was there anything particular about this um, movie that um, stood out to you as far as um, whether it was the recommendation or, or, or specifically discussing it as well?
0: Uh, I guess maybe two things. Um, it had been, even though it's been sitting on my shelf uh, for years, i think i had only watched it twice and it had probably been i'm guessing probably about 15 years ago or something uh, when i last watched it um maybe 10 but uh definitely a long time and i had been thinking about watching it for quite a while and we started doing this podcast thing and um we started talking about coming up with suggestions and this just sort of seemed like a movie that um the content the, the subject matter in the movie is certainly uh pretty relevant right now even though the movie itself is a you know kind of alternate universe 1950s thing but um you know, with all the riots and police stuff and everything
1: yeah and uh and i guess uh, matt you mentioned that uh you came across that there was a, a, a live action remake of this recently
2: yeah uh a South Korean uh, production that came out in uh, 2018. Um, uh, It it is definitely not uh, like a faithful remake. First of all, it's um, 30 minutes longer uh, than the anime, but uh, the the design of uh, particularly the the costumes are spot on, I mean, exactly out out of the anime and uh also uh it's it, as jason was saying the uh, you know one thing that i found interesting about the anime was that it was uh, an alternate universe kind of thing where you know people are still using lugers whereas uh apparently the remake is sent uh, set like 30 years into the future uh from now so uh that's a so yeah, definitely just to clarify,
0: i i don't i i'm not an expert on this um i don't know a whole lot about it but my understanding is that the creator of this thing um made this uh pro i'm assuming in manga form like uh in book form or something like that and it's uh, a multi-part thing like probably four or five six stories or something of that nature oh, and right. for the longest time it was not adapted as anything And then I guess uh, I'm pretty sure this was a standalone movie that one guy decided to make, uh, you know, obviously, you know, with that person's permission. um, But, uh, you know, they, they made this movie as like a little standalone thing. It's not a direct adaptation of the books at all. It's just kind of like taking a lot of the same stories. And I guess it's similar to one of them or something like that. But the ending is totally different and the content the story is different and everything and this was i guess what they had for a long time and then over the years so they made several live action stories off of those those comics those 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 books but i guess none of them are really connected to this like you wouldn't consider this a prequel or a sequel or even connected directly to them because they're they're just different Um, And then finally, because of the success and the popularity of this anime, years later, they did make an actual Jinro story that's very similar to this one in live action. And I, I don't know how well it was received. My understanding is it's pretty mixed. But the one you're referring to... One of the things that I think people were a little upset about was the fact that they switched it to Korea and that they they made it in the future instead of in the past. And But other than that, supposedly the story is pretty similar. I've never seen it, so I can't really comment on that, other than that's my understanding of how those live-action films kind of connect, but not really.
2: Yeah, yeah that makes sense.
0: Yeah, in a, in a nutshell, I guess, uh, so post-World War Two um in this story uh japan has become a a very fascist military state basically um and as you'd expect um the people um are rising up in protest violent protest against um, the establishment um, on a regular basis and in the opening voiceover of the movie, they explain that years before this, the government more or less created this thing called the Capitol police, where they're just these like elite soldiers with heavily armed, um, soldiers that are there to basically keep the peace more or less, but they're very, very violent. And they kind of just sort of take the law into their own hands. And, uh, as the movie starts, this has been the reality for a while. And it's just uh, you see the police and and um, mobs fighting against each other. And um, you see an underground resistance, um, you know, that are basically doing what most people would pretty much consider terrorist type activities. um, And it's kind of a big violent struggle back and forth. And um, at the opening scene, you see this uh, this girl who's a courier for the. the, the the terrorist group, you could say, or the, the resistance or whatever you want to call them. Uh, I think they call them the sect or something like that, if I remember correctly. They even refer to them as Red Riding Hoods, but um, they just these little these these young women who they use to ferry weapons and explosives around from group to group. Um, and they're going through the tunnels in the sewers underneath the city and the Wolf Brigade or the, the uh, Cerberus, as they call it. Uh, These these uh, capital police people uh, are, you know, rounding people up and killing them down in the sewers. And the main character, Fusei, encounters a girl who blows herself up and he uh, he fails to shoot her in time. And pretty much the rest of the movie is him kind of like struggling with his decision and uh, a lot of guilt and various feelings that he's going through as he begins a relationship with uh the girl's sister. It's a rather odd relationship, but that's what happens and um uh, yeah, it's uh kind of all about them and uh coming to terms with things and there's a few twists and turns in the story and it's kind of a bun- about a bunch of stuff like political intrigue and conspiracies and all that stuff.
1: yeah, I can tell you um like my general reaction to it. While watching it. Yeah, what'd you think? It was, um, it was very slow-paced. It had like a very bombastic start, like the, the starting sequences. But it definitely, it's funny because I started watching it, and, and I was thinking how anime is basically Japan's way of making big action movies. Because there's no money for live-action movies of that sort, with a lot of explosions and blood and all this stuff. Uh, also, who knows? maybe censorship uh, they they kind of get away with it by doing that. Similar to the porn part, <laughs> I think it's a, a similar thing. It's just an easy way to get around, I guess money issues and maybe censorship issues. and, and then and then, after ten, twenty minutes, it's basically like a uh, yeah, fairy tale slash intrigue slash spy almost um, story or at least uh, you don't know who's on whose side. Um, so, so I was surprised that it took that turn, that even though there's more action sequences throughout the movie, it's very heavy on the moment-to-moment scenes. It's not purely action uh, per yeah, se. It's a
2: of, I
0: wouldn't even call it an action movie, I don't think.
1: Exactly. Some of the reviews, they actually do say, like, action this, action that, but it's it's actually, it's heavy in the beginning, and it's heavy towards the end, and it's pretty bloody, bloody at times, but a lot of it, there's some really slow-paced, talky, or, or non-talky, sensitive scenes. Uh, one of my favorite scenes in it is the the dream sequence, which, uh, some of the dream sequences, that I think it's probably one of the strongest things about the movie. But but overall, my impression of it, as far as recommending it, it's mixed. I, I'm not sure if it's the the best anime that I've that I would recommend, especially as a coming from out of nowhere. It's it's very thought through. It's very complex, maybe a bit too much with what's going on there. Uh, but it's it's enjoyable, and it definitely breaks the the mold as far as just showing that an animated new movie can just be. That which is what anime is. It can just be a, a straight up serious fantasy slash slash science fiction type of thing that can be enjoyed for just the story alone. Just the fact that it's animation. It's almost just a, a side note. So and that's that's always what what's interested me and and your um, interest in these animated movies is because I've never really had a, a pull for them for one reason or another. Um, so it is interesting. You can find some really nice gems in that catalog of of very serious movies that just happen to be animated because of circumstances. Uh, it's just a way to. It's sort of like I mean, one of my favorite animated movies is the uh, Waltz with Bashir,
2: the that mm, yeah. movie
1: that was nominated, I think, for like, um, yeah, it's it like a, a really powerful movie, and uh, so. So it's definitely doable to do something interesting with animation. And and I think this movie proves it as well. But it was I felt a bit too slow at times, uh, with not much of a of a payoff. I, I the scenes were dealt with pretty well, but then other scenes I, I definitely was more into the relationship of him and the and the girl. Yeah. And the whole fairy tale allegory than the actual government tree. I wonder if the, the whole government secrecy thing and what's going on there, uh, and we can get into it in the second half uh, with spoilers, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I almost didn't get some of that stuff, and it's just maybe I even checked out at times while, uh, while watching it. Yeah, that was just my general reaction to it.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, similarly, I, I mean, I... I... I don't watch that many animated films. Uh, you know, Gil and I saw Wolf with Bashir* when it came out in theaters, and you know, to me that—I mean, if you're not going to make *Toy Story*, you know, just me being an American, if you're going to make a really serious, dramatic animated movie, uh, a dramatic movie, and it's just one of those things where I just can't picture this in live action. It has to be animated. I mean, Wolf you know, Waltz with Bashir is, is definitely uh, you know on the top of my list of you know those kinds of movies. Uh this one this film honestly I thought the first few shots after the um the the opening monologue and the you know the opening montage when it, it I actually did, it, it, the thought just popped into my mind like yeah there should be live action and and it's one of those things because the movie looks So beautiful. And I I mean, the the way that they did the lighting design looked really bold and artistic, but also believable and natural. I mean, it looks like something that, you know, could have been shot by Wally Pfister or something. Um, But, uh, you know, to, uh, to kind of jump off of, you know, something that Gil talked about in that, you know, they did have these you know, really two big set pieces, which were, you know, big on action and explosions and, you know, needing a lot of extras, you know, needing all these crowds and all that stuff that's really expensive to do in live action, which is less expensive to do uh, in animation, that, you know, the movie was so focused on, you know, the dialogue and the characters, and sometimes it did kind of almost fall into just a series of walk and talks and then, you know, over the shoulder, over the shoulder, so on and so forth. And the big thing that stuck out to me that, that bothered me is it looks gorgeous in the background, but the faces just lack any texture or, I mean, they have expression, but not that much. Like they're, they're all the impressive stuff is happening behind them. There's a scene where they have this almost photorealistic twilight sky with clouds and it's purple and it's beautiful, and a guy and you know dudes talking. It's a close up on him and I can't take my eyes off of uh, off the sky. <laughs> uh, uh, so I mean, it's one of those things where I can see this like if they had the money, uh, or the resources to do it, you know, I I would have. Uh, easily said that this should be live action but again you know we're not living in a perfect world uh but also i'm looking at it from the standpoint of an american who never really got into anime and i i don't understand the culture as well as i should so uh, i mean that that's just something that stuck out to me as uh just a snagging problem and that so much of it is built around the faces of the least interesting thing in any given image was the face <laughs> <laughs>
1: Although it does seem like they do try very hard to make the faces distinct because I felt like that that could be a struggle too with animation is that a lot of the you, you can get confused with who's who uh, with animation if if they don't have very distinct uh, faces so so th- there's definitely some effort there was made but uh, but uh, I think um I, I might have missed that part but but I, I there's something to what matt Matt is saying because the the they put a lot of effort into the background, into the design, the production design, but but maybe the actual characters lacked a bit because of that, or at least it got overshadowed by, by it.
0: I think overshadowed is probably the better uh, term. I mean, you see a lot of uh, a lot of detail, a, a great deal of uh, attention to detail and stuff like that in the design. Of, uh, of things like automobiles and the, the firearms that they're using and, th- and their uniforms and things like that. So it, it's probably just more a stylistic thing, you know. There's there's a it's kind of hard. I, I don't know. There's probably somebody who's like cataloged all of this somewhere, but you know, you can look at a whole bunch of different anime and see all sorts of different levels of detail when it comes to like faces and bodies and things like that, and it's not super common i would say to find anime where they're just trying to draw people looking realistic so there's that you know i mean like a great deal of anime at least tries to exaggerate a little bit and th- this is like certainly not the 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 norm i would say i mean I, I do prefer this to a lot of other anime but uh but yeah you're you're right i mean you know you you compare something like that you see on you know on the ground or something like that in some shot and then and then it pans up to their face and and yeah there's there's definitely a a noticeable drop in um in the the, the detail of the drawing
2: yeah it's like the insert was taken with red and the uh, and the close up was taken with like a Canon XL two. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay. Interesting.
1: laughs> uh, i I will say like one thing that also I, i've noticed like with the lighting if we bring up uh, those sort of details i found it interesting there's a couple of scenes where they do that trick which again is more of a live action issue than an anim- animated movie issue uh, issue it's a it's a three minute scene but the sun either goes up in the period of time of the scene or it goes down so slowly from shot to shot yeah um, it gets darker and darker or brighter and brighter and it's a nice effect but it's it's it mostly happens in live action movies because it takes a few hours to shoot a scene so oftentimes the light evolves throughout the scene uh but but here they they utilized it obviously on purpose because they control the sun but but they used it on purpose to make it more real or seem more like a live action movie and to an effect because because they can yeah. control it better so you definitely see how slowly but surely things get dark as the scene
0: yeah uh, and so especially I found that the very last the very last scene is is as the sun is barely cr- peeking over the horizon
1: yeah it's an interesting touch uh, it's it was noticeable uh, and i don't know if it's a good thing that i noticed it i, I just thought it was uh interesting and, and i think it was done for effect for for a certain type of mood so so again there's a lot of good touches here as far as design it's it's really well thought out thought out but yeah but I'm, I'm not sure if maybe i lost or missed too much um and maybe that's why i was a, a bit confused like the movie was a bit too complex for its own good which relates in a way to we were talking about nolan films twice already so Maybe there's yeah. a little bit of that here, uh, in a way, yeah. um, but we can get into that for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, do you guys want to do the ratings and move on to the the second half?
0: I don't know how I'd rate the movie because I, uh, when I think about anime, I usually compare it to other animated films. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I guess if I was just to think of this like on our normal, you know, zero to ten or whatever one to ten scale kind of thing, I don't know. I, I'd probably put it at like a
2: uh, like a seven. Uh, I guess I would put it at. Uh, I was thinking six and a half. So.
1: Yeah, I was debating between six and seven. I would probably fall somewhere like over a little bit over six and a half, mostly for certain touches that they have. Uh, that it's more than just um, an animated movie would would a plot. Um. So so I'm leaning towards a seven, but but definitely like uh. Uh, a very, uh, just barely a a seven uh, for sure. I I think if I got more into it, it it could have been a a very solid seven. So should we get into the spoilers? (laughs) Well, what the hell is going on there? (laughs) Uh, The one thing I'll say about as far as um, the beginning, uh, the other thing that I thought about as I was watching it is I found it interesting that, the the first few minutes you don't know who you're supposed to follow there's all these characters that come in and out of scenes and you don't know who you have oh you you're supposed to relate to uh, and then those scary looking robots you know without the, the soldiers with the outfits and the red eyes like come out and I, I don't know why, I was like, ah, I bet you that, like, I'm going to have to relate to one of those guys, because, like, they're the bad guys, but, like, it's going to be something, like, kind of like Fahrenheit 451 type of thing, where, like, one of them is going to, and then this, the moment that that explosion happens with the kid, um, that's, that's when I, I kind of knew, I was like, oh, yeah, that's where this is going, like, he's going to, um, but from there on, I started getting very very confused about like who he is with, you know, the whole wolf pack thing. Yeah. I was definitely lost like a a, a little bit there
0: towards the Well, end. I can tell you that the first time I saw it, I was very confused by the whole I kind of got at the very end when they reveal like that that they're kind of setting a trap for those people. I kind of got like, "Okay, so this is that that secret group within the Capitol police that everybody's talking about. And this whole time he's been a part of it. And we, they're just revealing that to us that much. I understood. I still didn't quite get who is trying to kill who, you know, kind of thing. But, um, the second time I saw it, I got a lot more. I just was a slightly confused about a few things this time. After having seen it the third time, I really feel like I got a good grasp of all of it. And, I don't know if this is ironic or not, but after seeing it and kind of getting what the whole story is, I kind of feel like it's a lot less complex than I ever thought it was to begin with. <laughs> it's kind of uh, it, it's it's unnecessarily complicated in certain aspects, but the overall story is very simple, I think.
1: It's as often the case for sure. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah I, I mean, actually, uh, if there's one thing that I'm kind of conflicted about when it comes to the movie is I. I I mean the second that he started reading, uh, the copy of uh, the yeah Red Riding. But sorry, the second he started reading that, I it just started going like plot point by plot point, and I was just okay. Now this is going to happen, and then it did. Okay, this is going to happen, and then it did because we all know the story and the movie kind of. I think it works better for movies to take lore from the past and repurpose it in a way that it's just kind of like, you're not tipping your hat and saying, okay, yeah, we're we're doing this. We're just, we're, you know, we're reading you the storybook, and yeah, the storybook is playing out in this world. It's a different world, but it's still the same story. And just like kind of telegraphing it,
0: mm. so
2: like it, it was. Um, I mean, the one moment that I had uh, where I was kind of like, "Oh, they might they might change this up." Was I, I was thinking maybe the uh, the bag that they had uh, the girl uh, holding in uh, you know before um, you know our hero came in and uh, you know rescued her and everything that maybe that would be a a real bomb in it, you know, she would just betray him, and there would be some kind of, you know, thing that goes on there, but um, no, that didn't happen, and yeah, so it it, it is one of those things where I think if they took out all of the the voiceover from the original story, I think it might have actually had a slightly better, it wouldn't, the, the ending wouldn't have been as, strong maybe but um at least uh, i mean the rest of the movie might have actually come to an ending where it's like oh okay that's what what that's what they were doing you know just putting the easter eggs in there and she's literally called a red riding hood you know the, the fact that when the guy gives her the bag at the beginning of the movie he's saying you know the package to bring to your mother and so on and so forth. Like, you know, it, just those little bits and pieces throughout the movie, you know, I, I think most people could put that together, you know, that it's this iconic story that everybody knows, and we're just doing it differently. That's uh, that one one thought that I had.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, found, I found that aspect of it interesting. That was a good spin to have a fairy tale that you know is going to fit into, the puzzle pieces or at least it gives you some understanding but it doesn't reveal everything in a way it, it's you're in doubt you still have doubt whether it's gonna follow through um, the predictions of of what the fairy tale entails um
0: well it, few- it it undermines itself multiple times throughout the the story on purpose mm-hmm. Um, yeah exactly. Um the idea uh so the girl betrays him and lies to him and is trying to capture him at at one or two times throughout the story. So the even though they're clearly portrayed as he's the wolf and she's the 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 victim like the red riding hood their roles keep switching.
2: Yeah, that's true, but I mean, at least my reading of it was, she was I mean, you can say that it's her goal in that she's being forced to do it. Basically, the government is the the big big wolf here that's feeding both of the main characters lies. Um, So, I mean, I guess that's an interesting aspect to it.
1: Yeah, so uh, you said that uh... She betrays him um, through. Uh, where was that? The government was using her.
0: So yeah, that that's that's kind of like the twist part that I only got on the second time through. But it's because it, it, they don't they don't show it; they only say it. So that's why it's kind of like a little bit weird. But um, so I guess the thing is, they reveal about halfway through the movie that she's not even the actual sister of the girl who died in the beginning but she was one of those red riding hood people one of you know works with the sect the terrorist and or freedom fighter whatever you want to view it group uh delivering munitions and explosives to their people and so on and so forth and they captured her prior to the movie taking place and so um when the government that this is the confusing part when the government that wants the, the, sec- the people in the government, the conspirator people who want to get rid of the Capitol police, they saw an opportunity because they see this guy who failed on his mission and, and almost got people killed in the process, got himself hurt, caused an explosion or allowed an explosion to go off in the sewer and so on and so forth. They saw this as an opportunity to, take him down and to knock the, you know, to like, to make the whole Capitol police look really bad in the process. So they had this girl who looked remarkably like the one that he, uh, you know, that he uh, had the encounter with that blew herself up and they put on this big ruse and told her, okay, well, you're going to, I don't, I don't remember what they told her. Maybe they reduced sentence or they're going to let her go for free or whatever. But the goal was they got her to help them by, Uh, enticing him and telling him this story that she's the sister and so on and so forth, so that they would basically be able to get this guy and, and, you know, and uh, show that all the, the failure of the whole police force and so on and so forth, and that he had been conspiring with one of the terrorists and just all that stuff. So you see in the scene where she calls him and says, meet me at that whatever it was it looks like a natural history museum or something like that whatever it was and he sneaks over there because he knows it's a trap and sure enough she's waiting by the wolf exhibit and there's like 15 dudes standing around her with guns because they're about to ambush him so in that sense like she's part of a, a group of people trying to take him down and in that scene she's hunting him technically
1: yeah but then it and the and the end that um it flips in a way, right? Because it
0: keeps flipping, then, yeah,
1: because he then has the discovered that he's part of the wolf pack. That's like the agency yeah. within the um within the secret police. Thing. Yeah, that
0: special group or whatever you want to call it.
1: Yeah. So basically, it seems like everybody has. I mean, maybe that's the point of the movie, as everybody. I guess, takes care of themselves. So everybody has an agenda. And I guess the only way to control people is to deceive them, <laughs> in a way. Or at least, uh, you know, the government is supplying the weapons to the rebels so they can, uh, in a way, uh, show that as a show of power to keep the peace with the rest of the population. Uh, the whole thing is is basically how how humans are just... Messing with each other psychologically, just to uh, have the upper hand, I guess, in a way,
0: yeah, i my my take on it might be a little overly simplistic, but the way i I see it, I think the whole point of the movie is just they go out of their way to show you both sides of this very violent conflict, you know. Mm-hmm. they're showing members of both sides they're showing the violence they're showing people getting hurt they're showing people hurting others and so on and so forth and the whole time they're framing it as this like fairy tale that it's like you know world famous fairy tale you know that everybody knows the uh red riding hood and the wolf you know little red riding hood so there's the 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 bad person and the good person or the bad person and the victim you know, however you want to view it, right? And they they keep changing that back and forth throughout the story of who's the bad person and who's the the victim, depending on on the moment in the story. And in the end, you know, he doesn't save her or anything. You know, and the things it's a pretty tragic ending, really. And the last shot, they're in a, they're in a dump or something where it looks like a landfill or something like that. And it just ends on that, that book, the Little Red Riding Hood. And it's like, it's like in the dump, right? Like it's in a puddle or something. Yeah. And I I just, I just think it's uh, all they're trying to say is that like, you know, don't look at complex things in, in, in life and try to see it as good versus bad, because especially if it involves people. I was just trying to say that there's like people on both sides of everything and there's not always just a good guy and a bad guy. It's like more complicated than that. And so they, the last shot is that that fairy tale just thrown away.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's in line with what I was thinking that was think so going on there. Yeah, So so that basically everybody's, everybody's got good intentions in a way but also bad intentions, especially in the way they go about it. Um, yeah. And and that ultimately fairy tales are just that. They're just fairy tales. Life itself is is complex. And I yeah. guess that's why the movie needed to be complex to get that yeah, point it, across.
0: It's funny because in a way, I almost feel like all the government conspiracy stuff, almost like you said, you said you were more interested in the relationship than that stuff I feel like in a way even though I guess it's necessary it almost like all the the conspiracy stuff almost kind of you know confuses people and or like takes away from what it's saying almost in a way I don't know maybe not
2: Uh, I don't Uh, know if you can really have any of that without the political
0: right I know it's like you can't have it without it but at the same time I'm like (laughs) I don't know
1: (laughs) I think maybe it's that's slightly the point I, I felt like the the government part was almost very kafkaesque in a way it's a lot of bureaucratic stuff a lot of people that don't trust each other or you know don't know what's going on um don't know if what they're doing is the right thing and it's just a lot of bureaucratic stuff and maybe it's just a just to show that that life's life is a mess life is complicated and nobody really knows what they're doing they're just going off of instincts and reasoning and it's often flawed because we're human uh and and ultimately we all just are taking care of of number one like we're just making sure that we can survive i mean I, i don't know if you what was well, what else was the story there? I mean, with the girl and her sister that that first like blew the bomb. Um, I, I guess both her and her sister were connected to the government, but w- why then would she blow up? I guess she needed to blow it up in order for it to injure some of the, like just to continue the conflict.
0: Talking about uh, the beginning.
1: Yeah, the beginning.
0: Well, for starters, they they weren't actually sisters. They just looked like each other, and they were lying oh. to him. That they were sisters. That, that makes
1: sense. So I definitely missed that yeah. part. I thought yeah. that maybe they're sisters and that, uh, but they're both connected to the whole. Well,
0: the whole both season. of them were connected to the, not to the government, but to the anti-government sect thing, the, the terrorists, if you will. And um, that girl in the very beginning sees herself cornered and decides much like we see in, in real life, with, you know, uh, radical people. Um, she decides she'd rather pull the string and kill herself and take out a couple of those fascist pigs with her rather than be taken captive.
1: Yeah, no, interesting. So I definitely missed the part about them not being sisters. I mean, I suspected some stuff, but I I guess I didn't, I didn't catch that when they revealed
0: it. It's one of the most important revelations in the movie and yet they don't show it. They only say it. It's like a, a moment of dialogue where these two government guys are talking and they reveal that. And it's kind of like, ah, oh, wow.
2: Yeah. But yeah. If I had to take a note at that wrong moment, I would have missed it and I would have no idea what the hell was going on for the rest of the movie. <laughs> yeah, but...
1: exactly. Cause I, I can easily see myself just missing some, a dialogue piece there cause it's subtitled and that uh, we watched and, um, and just missed that all together. So it, it is kind of crucial. Uh, but but in a way it, it kind of it makes it a bit of a it's a bit of a vertigo thing going on there too.
0: Yeah, a little right? bit that,
1: that she dies and then he sees someone that looks like her and then yeah. he gets obsessed with her and she leads him on, um, but eventually starts caring for him. There's a bit of a vertigo thing going on there.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, did you speaking of did you see the oh so obvious? Uh, visual reference to the Third Man?
1: Uh, no, I think I missed that.
0: <laughs> like the whole climax of the movie in the sewers. Like if you look at the the whole thing with um, Orson Welles running from the police and whatever in the the oh, sewer yeah. at the end of that movie, like it, the backgrounds and the the set pieces that they're in are like some of them are almost shot for shot. Like at least I that's how when I saw the Third Man for the first time in the when when we when you and i went to go see it at the new beverly i think or wherever wherever it was that we saw it i just started seeing that i was like holy crap this is exactly the ending of jinro only you know there's no machine guns
1: oh I, yeah no it's um that's cool i mean i i think i think that i i just didn't make the connection because there's been many movies that you know there's chase scenes in a in a in a sewer but um but I, I can see if they match like actual images and stuff. Uh it it makes sense. It's I mean they they have the thing with Vertigo, they have the thing with uh third man. So I guess there's um some fandom going on there of like appreciating uh classic live action movies and, and trying to bring those references to animation. Yeah. I think I get a pretty good sense of it now. Um yeah, I don't know what it is about the movie that uh, that doesn't stand out to me, but but I guess it's, it's good to have these discussions too about about these movies. I wonder what it is because I remember the first episode we we're talking about Tenant, uh, and we said that it, that movie might have had an issue where s- something in the secret sauce there just didn't gel all the way to to make it function fully. And I wonder what it was here. If if there is something, like, what would you have done slightly differently to to make the movie better?
0: I don't know how I would have done this. But personally, I would have just tried to... Okay, so at the end of the movie, he they realize that... Uh, they reveal that he's known for a while that she's trying to entrap him. And he takes her down to the sewer, and he meets a bunch of his fellow, cons- you know, wolf brigade people, the special group within the group, and they ambush the hell out of all the people that are trying to ambush that. It's like a counter move thing, like a chess move. And he single-handedly annihilates all the people that are trying to, you know, uh, take them out, basically. I love the ending, and yet I feel like while it's happening, I don't know why that group of government people, I don't know what their motivation is. I don't, or I, I get what their motivation is, but I don't know why. I don't know why they want to get rid of the Capitol Police. I don't know why it's beneficial to them. And I don't know, um, I I don't know them as characters, other than the one he kills at the very end, who was a friend of his, who came up together with him. They They talk about how they, they were like uh, rookies or something like that together in the academy or something like that. And there's some dialogue about him, but uh, aside from him, I mean, he's representing a group of people, and it's just not to me that doesn't connect with the rest of the movie. I don't get why. I, I kind of get it, but I don't. I don't think it's well established. That's my problem with it. I mean, you
2: know, when it comes to government, I mean, you know, those power struggles all too often you know, you know you're know, you talking about relevance to today i mean you barely need to have much more of an explanation for why democrats and republicans would want to annihilate each other other than just saying that oh there's a democrat and a republican uh but you know vying for power um yeah, but um yeah i think that that's something that probably could have been explored a bit more at least to my mind. One thing that did take me out for for at least a few moments was, um, I guess it's just one of those things where, whether it's real life or animation, uh, you really can't, for some reason you can't tell if a Japanese girl is 15 or 30.
1: Oh my gosh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, like at the beginning of their relationship, especially when it's starting to become a little bit flirtatious, I'm just like, what? Like, just making sure this girl's like 18, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I can see that that concern. the whole pornographic uh, <laughs> angle thing, yeah. or, or I guess in the case of uh, Vertigo, it's like the whole necrophilia thing. Yeah, and have sex with a body. <laughs> that person
2: well at least with, at least with necrophilia uh the, the, the person who would be really uh upset about that experience would be as if the dead person turned out to not be dead <laughs> i mean the, but, let's not uh, try
0: uh, to excuse necrophilia on this podcast
2: <laughs> yeah yeah we can edit that out <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> oh matt <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, it's uh, it's interesting. It's It, it definitely, uh, was definitely a departure to look at a movie, an animated one that's it's not really about the animation. The animation is part of the design. It's, it's a big part of what it plays to it. And it, it is one of the more impressive things and things to, to feast your eyes on. Um, and then noticing those details like the, the background and change in colors and, and sun going down stuff like that uh, but um, but yeah definitely um, it's just a different way to watch a movie and I guess compounded by the fact that it's a uh, Japanese so you have the uh, language element too so it was uh, yeah it was definitely um, it was definitely interesting
0: yeah. I, I don't have a long list of them but there are a few I'm sure there's plenty of them that have been made but there's there are a few really good anime that I, I movies that I like that, um, I would say fit into this category, this very small subcategory of, you know, there's nothing in it that couldn't be made live action. You know, there's no element to the story that's, you know, otherworldly or magical or, or, and you know, it's, it's not even like a, like a like a you know martial arts or samurai themed you know focused thing it's it's just a a story that is very similar to what a lot of other movies you'd see you know made live action for the better or worse you know
2: yeah and i mean especially as technology is evolving you know what you you know what we're saying you, you can do in animation versus what you can do in uh live action those those lines are really starting to blur which is going to be
0: well let's say let's say it's Um, it's interesting you bring that up i mean this is um let's say what you can do in live action without the uh uh aid of a computer yeah you know without cgi i mean this movie this anime uh, animated movie you know is also stands out in the sense that you know Um, 1999 is when it was made so shortly after this it started becoming very very common for cgi to start being used in uh anime as well especially for action scenes and stuff like that so um you know that's that's kind of just an interesting thing to point out that it it is a very beautiful movie that doesn't have any cgi
2: in it at all Yeah, that's uh, that's something to praise about it. Oh, <laughs> well, at least enjoy about it.